This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in a place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. So I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The message this morning is our twofold redemption part two. What we're doing in 2023 is walking through the miracles of the New Testament, looking for patterns and principles to those miracles. If God's people could learn to look for and then apply the principles and patterns they see in the miracles of the New Testament, they could live their lives and hardly have an unmet need. After completing the message two Sundays ago, Jesus withers the fig tree on the road from Bethany, it occurred to me that before we get to the end of Jesus' miracles, maybe we should take a pause in this series and deal with our two-fold redemption. So we're taking these two Sundays to discuss how and why healing miracles occurred in the New Testament and how and why healing miracles occur today. Open your Bibles again to the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. I want to declare today that healing is in the atonement. Healing is the will of God for your life. Divine health is the will of God for your life. Now, here's an interesting translation of Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, the Jewish Publication Society, 1917. Surely our diseases he did bear, and our pains he carried, whereas we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded because of our transgressions. He was crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement of our welfare was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. And verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to crush him by disease. And verse 12, and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Healing is in the atonement. Healing is the will of God for your life. Divine health is the will of God for your life. Healing is included in our twofold redemption. Then Matthew 8, 17 in the New King James Version reads that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, and himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And here Matthew is quoting Isaiah 53, 4, surely hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. And actually the Hebrew reads there in Isaiah 53, 4, surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. And Matthew 8, 17 says, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And Matthew, of course, is quoting Isaiah. So he hath borne our sicknesses, our diseases, and our infirmities, and he has carried our pains. Now that word born 
in the Hebrew means to lift up and to take away, to convey, to remove to a safe distance. Therefore, when the word says he has borne our sicknesses, it means he has borne them away. It means that he has removed our sicknesses to a distance. And the word actually is a Levitical word. It is a word that is applied to the scapegoat that bore away the sins of the people once a year for the Israelites. It is the same word used in Leviticus 16.22. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. You see, once a year, the high priest laid his hands on a goat, the so-called scapegoat, and by faith conferred or transferred the, to that goat the sins and the iniquities of Israel. Then that goat was taken out to a land not inhabited, and the goat was turned loose in the wilderness. The goat figuratively then bore away the sins and the iniquities of the people. And just as that goat bore away the sins of Israel, for it is the same Hebrew word that's used, Jesus bore away our sins, and Jesus bore away our sicknesses. F.F. Bosworth, who wrote Christ the Healer, said, Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body, to redeem man, spirit, soul, and body. Now, why are we going over Isaiah 53 in the middle of a series called The Miracles of the New Testament? Because of miracles like number nine. Jesus heals a paralytic who was let down from the roof. See, it's not just enough to read the miracles, study the miracles, and preach the miracles. We're taking last Sunday and today to, to explain how and why they occurred. Miracle number nine, look at Mark 2, verse 1. A few days ago, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat the man, the paralyzed man was lying on when Jesus saw their faith. So as we've been teaching on Wednesday night, believe is a verb. And so they would not have made a hole in the roof and lowered the man down in front of Jesus in a crowded room unless they believed. Their believing was evidenced by their action. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, sons, your sins are forgiven. This is one of the most amazing things, I think, in the entirety of the Word of God. And it, it caused a ruckus. He said to the paralytic sons, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, 
take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Now the first thing Jesus did after he saw their faith was to say to the man, son, your sins are forgiven. And I think, frankly, that even in my lifetime and even in all of my decades of study in the Bible, this is a fundamental truth in the New Testament that we have not laid a hold of like we should have. And that is our twofold redemption in Christ. Our redemption has typically been preached as one dimensional the forgiveness of our sins. And the other side of the coin has been left out in many churches and pulpits and seminaries is where it all starts. But I want you to see that in this healing miracle, <coughs> the first thing Jesus said was, son, your sins are forgiven. Then Jesus said, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And what happened? He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. Forgiveness of sins and healing go together. Say it out loud. Forgiveness of sins and healing go together. You see, they are in effect two sides of the same coin. They are our twofold redemption in Christ. Now we see the same thing in miracle number four. In the aftermath of miracle number four, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law sick with fever. Mark 6, 56 records, and wherever he went into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed their sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched him were healed. You know, people say that sometimes it's the will of God to heal and sometimes it's not. Well, wait a minute. If that were so, how could all be healed many times in the four Gospels? And the Bible says all who touched him were healed. Now, here's what's fascinating. The word there for were healed comes from the root Greek word sozo, which means salvation. So were healed in the Greek actually is a word for salvation. I don't know if you've ever been sick, but if you've ever been sick and then you got well, you might say, well, I was saved out of that. I don't know if you've ever had pain in your body, but if you ever got healed of pain in your body, you'd be saying, thank God I got saved out of that. See, these are two sides of the same coin, and I'm going to prove it to you because repeatedly in the New Testament, it is this word that is used for healing. And why it has not been preached, I have no idea. Healing and salvation go together. They are our twofold redemption in Christ, so healing belongs to us. Say it out loud, healing belongs to us. We see the same thing in miracle number 14. Jesus heals a woman in the crowd with an issue of blood. Jesus said to the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, take heart, daughter, your faith has healed you. And the word there for has healed you comes from that same Greek root word, sozo, which means salvation. Healing and salvation go together. They are our twofold redemption. 
Healing belongs to you. We see the same thing in miracle 15. Jesus raises Jairus' daughter back to life. Jesus said to Jairus in Luke 8:50, "Don't be afraid, only believe, and she will be healed." And the word therefore will be healed comes from that same Greek root word sozo, which means salvation. Now we know <laughs> she wasn't healed as we understand healing because she was dead. I mean, if you're dead, you don't need a healing. If you're dead, you need a burial. But sozo is not just applicable for forgiveness of sins. It is applicable to healing in the body. <laughs> but even if you're really sick, dead, it applies to that too. See, this is why we have to get it into our minds and into our spirit man that the miracles of the New Testament occurred because of who God is. And God has not changed. And Jesus has not changed. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Our God is a forgiving God. And our God is a gracious God. And our God is a merciful God. But he is also a healing God. It is normal for God to forgive. It is normal for God to be merciful. It is normal for God to be gracious. It is normal for God to heal. But if it's not preached, if we don't hear it, how in the world can we believe God for it? We see the exact same thing in miracle number 32. Jesus cleanses 10 lepers on the way to Jerusalem. Jesus said to the one leper who came back to say thank you for his healing in Luke 17, 19, rise and go, your faith has made you well. And the word therefore has made you well comes from that same Greek root word sozo, which means salvation. So healing and salvation go together. They are our twofold redemption in Christ. Healing belongs to us. Say it out loud. Healing belongs to us. We see the same thing in miracle number 34. Jesus restores sight to Bartimaeus in Jericho. Jesus said to Bartimaeus in Mark 10, 52, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Your faith has healed you. And the word therefore has healed you comes from that same Greek word, sozo, which means salvation. So healing and salvation go together. Healing and salvation go together. I said healing and salvation go together. You know, the church is just, even in our so-called faith ranks, we have not really preached it the way it reads in the original language of the New Testament. Because we have this idea in our heads, we got to get them saved. And, and that, that belongs to everybody. But then later, maybe, 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 you know, maybe if the service goes well and if the Spirit of God's moving and if and if and if and if, well, then maybe we can get them healed. This is wrong thinking. I said this is wrong thinking because these are two sides of the same coin. Jesus paid the price for our forgiveness 
and Jesus paid the price for our healing. Healing and salvation go together. They are our twofold redemption in Christ, so healing belongs to us. Yes, my dear friends, healing belongs to us, and thank God it does. But how can you ever believe for healing if no one ever tells you what the New Testament actually says about healing? And how can you ever believe for healing if no one ever shows you from the Bible that healing is the will of God for you? Because the apostle Paul wrote in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you never hear this preached, how can you believe God for what belongs to you? And it's not just healing. There's a lot that belongs to us that you don't hear about in a lot of places. Lift your hands and say, thank you, Father God. I'm just as gloriously and marvelously and wondrously healed as I am gloriously and marvelously and wondrously saved. Say, thank you, Father God. I am ready and willing to receive your nature, your healing nature. See, it's the, it's the nature of God to heal. It's the will of God to heal. God's ready. <laughs> I mean, when you first heard the gospel preached and, and you wanted to respond to the altar call, did, did you have to wait for God to get ready? God was ready. Same thing is true with healing. We don't have to wait on it. We don't have to t tarry for it. We don't have to seek for it because it is rooted, it is based in the nature of our wonderful Father God. How do we find out what belongs to us? By the holy written word of God. And how do we know that healing belongs to us? By the holy written word of God. Thank God for his word. I said, thank God for his word. Yeah. Healing belongs to us. And healing belongs to you. Shout out loud five times. Healing belongs to me. And as the Hebrew reads in Isaiah 53, 4, surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. If he took them, if he bore them, if he carried them, what am I doing carrying them? Are you hearing me this morning? God laid on Jesus our sicknesses and our pains, and he bore them. Now that means that the pains and the afflictions that you may be suffering were laid on Jesus. He actually bore them just as surely as he bore your sins. This is our twofold redemption in Christ. Shout out loud five times, by his stripes we were healed. 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 See, our attitude has been, well, I need to seek healing. No, our attitude ought to be that this is something that was done for me a long time ago and now Satan's trying to come and steal it from me. It is an entirely different posture of faith. Do you understand that? <laughs> Today, we're, we're having this luncheon for the veterans. What if, what if somebody with some bad showed up at your house today and said, we're deporting you? And you said, well, wait a minute, I was born here. Too bad, you're on some list, we're deporting you. Man, you would fight like you know what 
because somebody's coming along and trying to take away from you something you already have. See, we have had the wrong posture. The posture we have had is, I'm trying to get my healing. I'm trying to seek my healing. I'm trying to get God to heal me. When actually, 2,000 years ago, Jesus bore our sins and our sicknesses and our pains as surely as he bore our sins and our iniquities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout it out loud, the work is already done. Then why do, we have, why do we have sicknesses, diseases, and pains? Well, because there's a devil loose. Hallelujah. And he seeks to steal, to kill, and to destroy, Jesus said. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Hallelujah. But if you don't ever hear anybody teach it, and preach it from the Word of God, how can you have faith for it? Can you see that? Amen. So God laid on Jesus our sicknesses and our pains. God made him sick with our sicknesses and our diseases and our pains so we wouldn't have to bear them. The Word declares that God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, not only did he make him to be sin who, had, who knew no sin, he made him to be sick who knew no sickness. He was made sin with your sins so that you might be set free from sin. I said Jesus was made sin with your sins that you might be set free from your sins. But Jesus was also made sick with your sicknesses that you might be set free from your sicknesses. Jesus was made diseased with your diseases that you might be set free from your diseases. Shout out loud, he was made sick with my diseases that I might be perfectly well in Christ. Now the scriptures in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah and the 8th chapter of Matthew deal with the disease problem that faces the world today. And if they don't, then how can we preach the new birth, salvation, and remission of sins from Isaiah 53? If one part of Isaiah 53 belongs to us, then all of Isaiah 53 belongs to us. What right have we to say that part of Isaiah 53 belongs to us, but part of Isaiah 53 does not belong to us? But thank God, Christ has provided deliverance from sin, and that is first, that is of foremost importance. But thank God Christ has also provided deliverance from sickness and disease and pain for us when he purchased our twofold redemption at Calvary. Yes, my dear friends, healing belongs to us. And thank God it does. But how can you ever believe for healing if no one ever tells you what the New Testament actually says about healing and how can you believe for healing if no one shows you from the Bible that healing is the will of God for your life because the apostle Paul wrote in Romans 10 17 so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God so if you never hear this preached how can you believe God for what belongs to you let's say it again lift your hands to heaven say thank you father God, thank you, father. I'm, just thank you father. I'm just as gloriously 
and marvelously and wondrously healed as I am gloriously and marvelously and wondrously saved. Say thank you, Father God. I am ready and willing to receive of your nature, your healing nature. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, he is wonderful, he is loving, he is gracious, he is kind, but he is also a healing God. And we have just not heard enough about how God's nature is a saving nature, a gracious nature, a merciful nature, but it's also a healing nature. I'll tell you what, I wish I could take this message right here and send it back to myself decades because I spent a lot of my life trying to get God to do this, trying to get God to do that. But as I'm put on a few decades, I realize my job is not to try and get God to do a thing because he's willing. Hallelujah. I got to get willing. I got to march right in there to the throne of God, the throne room of God in the name of Jesus, my older brother. And I've got to just be ready and willing to receive the nature of my father. He is forgiving. He is gracious. He is merciful. And also, by the way, he's rich. And he is a, he is a healing God. Hallelujah. If I spend time with him, I don't get that Winnebago anointing on me. I get, I get a better anointing on me. Amen. But I find out who he is. See, that's really what we need to do is find out who our Father God is and just walk in it like children. Hallelujah. Because he is good, he is wonderful, and he's already done the work. Let's bow our heads. I want to give an opportunity for people to make their commitments and decisions for the Lord. You may be here this morning and you've been in church, you've been around church, you've been around the things of God, but maybe you've never personally and individually made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. The Word of God says in John chapter 3, Jesus said you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said you must be born again. We're not talking about church membership or having your name on the roll somewhere. We're talking about believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. We're talking about going to Father God in the name of Jesus and confessing that you have sinned and that you are in need of a Savior and asking Father God to forgive you in the name of his holy child, Jesus. Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. It's, it's available to everybody. It is for everyone. And no, nobody has committed some sin that God cannot forgive them of because even hanging on the cross, Jesus prayed to his Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If God could forgive the ones who nailed Jesus to the cross and those who sentenced him to death, he can forgive us of whatever we have done. How many this morning would say, Pastor, I've never personally and I've never individually made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior, but I would like to do so this morning. I want to pray the prayer. I want to make him mine. I want to walk in what you've talked about this morning. 
If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to give my life to Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You might be here this morning and you're not living for the Lord like you once did. You're not living for the Lord like you know you should. The Word of God also says in 1 John 1, 9 that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm not living for the Lord like I know I should. But I don't want to remain in a backslidden condition, Pastor. I want to recommit my life to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for me. Pray for me this morning. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. For the sake of those watching online, everybody in the room, let's pray the prayer out loud together. Thank you, Father God. For the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus, I come before you this day and I give you my life. Time's gone by, gone my own way, done my own thing, and I have lived for self. But today I turn my life around and I give you my life. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me, purify me, sanctify me, take out of my heart any anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, anything that might hinder me in my walk with you and put within me a heart and a spirit that loves you and loves your word and loves your people and loves your house. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank God for what Jesus did for us. Thank God for our twofold redemption in Christ. Can I get an amen? amen? Amen. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer as a prayer of commitment or recommitment, you can reach out to us at fccarlington.com salvation. Let us know about your decision. We'd love to send you a copy of my book, God's Very Own Child. If you need a Bible, let us know. We have English Bibles, Spanish Bibles. We would love to be a blessing to you. Can you say thank God for his word? Amen.